Hey there, welcome to The Third Seat. This is the show where we have open and honest dialogues with experts who have a unique perspective to share straight to you. I'm your host, Daniel Trinum with Croft & Frost, and I'm excited to bring you today's episode. As always, all links as well as relative information will be in the description of this episode down below. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's join into the conversation. All right, everyone, welcome back to The Third Seat. My name is Daniel Trinum. Uh, I'm with Croft & Frost, and I will be your host today. Uh, I'm really excited to bring you all today's episode. My guest today is somebody that I have formally met today, uh, and got, but I've gotten to hear a lot about them over the years, especially during my time at UTC. They're somebody who they really have a lot of investment in the community, in the students at UTC, uh, and just the whole Chattanooga community at large. Uh, so I'm really excited to bring you today's episode. Irene, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, no problem. Uh, my name's Irene Hillman. Um, I work at the College of, of Engineering and Computer Science at University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. Also worked at the College of Business at UTC prior. Um, but I think you hit it on the head. Uh, really have come to love the people there, the students, um, and all of the people who work there. That it's really interesting because I really find that most people are working towards a noble purpose there, and I just really enjoy yeah. everything that I do there. Yeah, and and that I'm I'm glad you put it that way because the thing that I always I mean I didn't speak to every single person that works at UTC, but the vast majority of people I came in contact with during my time at UTC were always incredibly helpful. They were always extremely kind and their main you know priority was always to cater to the students as much as they could mm -hmm. uh, and I really it really it made me feel better about my time there because you know I didn't necessarily feel like I was just a student walking into a building going to class I felt like I was valued I felt like I was someone who my students knew or my, my professors knew my name mm -hmm. they knew who I was they were concerned about me and they were invested in my life and so uh, the work that you and you know everybody else at UTC does it, it really makes a difference and so uh, first of all was just thank you for that uh, it, it definitely had a positive impact on my life and I know it has a positive impact positive impact on the lives of many many other students so, thank you well yeah. you you guys give me purpose so. <laughs> <laughs> it works out great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I was in preparation for this show. I was looking back just at some of the work that you've done over the years, and and you know just how you got here. And correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. but I believe that you you weren't you're not native to Chattanooga. Is I'm that not, correct? No. You, you kind of bounced around a lot in some different areas across the country. Yeah. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so I grew up in West New York, New Jersey, which is um, right next to Hoboken, where I was born. Um, lived there for 12 years. <clears throat> My sister, she was 16 at the time. <clears throat> was starting to be able to date and my parents quickly moved us away from <laughs> the tri-state area because um, Monica was starting to get interested in punk boys mm -hmm. so um, they moved us to the middle of uh, Orange Groves in Central Florida um, where there was no one to date unless you were over the age of 65 <laughs> um, that kept us that kept us under the umbrella for a little bit longer um, so moved to, to Florida it was quite a culture shock coming from um, you know the Go, being able to go to New York um, on the weekends. Mm -hmm. um, we were just like, where are the children and museums? And they're like, they don't exist here. <laughs> You've come to the wrong place. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that was, you know, Florida in the 80s, that was just the way it was. It's changed a lot. My family mm -hmm. still lives there. But um, lived in Florida for 12 years, did my undergrad there at New College. It was a great college where essentially you may be jealous of this but you don't get grades you get evaluations from your professors but it was an honors college yeah. it was very difficult and super challenging and um, loved it and that's what sort of got me into 
the idea of teaching radically and really approaching each student as a very unique individual mm -hmm. um, and giving them the care that that person specifically needs. Yeah. Um, then from there I got my master's degree in educational psychology in Colorado. I actually went to go visit my sister for the weekend in Boulder and ended up living there for 12 years. I, lo I love Colorado. Yeah, yeah, I do too. It's and I still have an there. apartment there and I, I, I'm praying one day that oh. someone will let me just work <laughs> during the academic year so yeah. during the summers I can go back to Colorado. Yeah. Hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Um, but then in Colorado I um, met my uh, partner and we had, we got pregnant. We mm -hmm. wanted to be closer to where our families mm -hmm. were. So yeah. His family was in North Carolina, mine was in Florida, so we actually landed in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And within three weeks, I was like, we are not yeah. staying here. You saw the traffic going yeah. into Atlanta, you said, no, <laughs> this isn't for me, we're gonna try somewhere yeah, else. It was yeah, I mean, honestly, it was like two hours to go to a kid's birthday party, and I was like. Jeez, that cake like, was not worth it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you're, you're gonna have to make all your friends within like a yeah. three block radius. Um, but so after about uh, a couple of months, we came up here for a day out with Thomas, my, my daughter, she's a toddler at the time, uh, Vera. She was obsessed with Thomas the Tank Engine. Mm -hmm. So we came up here to um, go to Tennessee Valley Railroad and just fell in love with the pace mm -hmm. of it. And the people here are just incredibly warm mm -hmm. and receptive and um, just really, that, that first weekend we were sold. Mm -hmm. um, we both called in sick th that Monday and stayed here an extra yeah. day because we enjoyed it so yeah. much. And we were actually hanging out um, at the ice cream show right at the bridge, the walking bridge. I love and, ice cream show. And I, yeah, and yeah. I turned to my, um, my, my now ex, but a very good friend of mine still, Isaac, um, and I was like, we, we should probably yeah. just go ahead and move here. And, yeah. and we agreed and we've been here for the past 13 years. So what you're saying is the ice cream and ice cream show definitely was better <laughs> than the cake in Atlanta is what, is what you're saying? Way, way better. <laughs> <laughs> but now I have, a, 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 since then we have a son, his name is Raymond, he's six years old. And um, so they're natives, well, Vera's not quite, but yeah. pretty much natives to Chattanooga. Yeah. And they just, they're really happy being yeah. here and we'll, we'll be here for many more years. That's great, that's yeah. great. So, you know, for me, uh, I'm also not a native to Chattanooga. I grew up a little bit closer than you did, mm -hmm. uh, about an hour up the road, like we were talking about earlier. But uh, Chattanooga, from what I can tell, has seen a lot of just not only population growth over the past mm -hmm. few years, but economic growth, uh, cultural growth. I mean, it's it's a expanding city. A lot of people in general have been moving to Tennessee and in, in mm -hmm. different areas. Um, what do you make of just that just that increase in awareness about Chattanooga and just the popularity that it, it seems to have amongst people moving here. And how do you think that's gonna impact UTC as a whole and, and just what you see, uh, how that may affect the, the student population there currently? Well, um, I'm not surprised, yeah. clearly. I mean, I moved here. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I can see the appeal mm -hmm. of the place. Um, and there's so many wonderful things to do here. And I, and I have to be honest, like if I was 20 years old, I don't know if I'd find Chattanooga to be the most exciting place. I think if we we're really gonna start attracting young people to Chattanooga, like we need a little bit more of a nightlife yeah. that's not just about good restaurants. Yeah. Um, but for anyone who's over a certain age, this is a wonderful place, mm -hmm. like fantastic jobs, beautiful scenery. If you're into the outdoors at all, mm -hmm. you've got some place to go. Um, so I get the attraction. Um, and I think it's great for us, to be honest. I feel like what I have seen recently, and it may just be the people that I'm meeting, but we seem to be progressing as a city. Like we, when I think about um, our morals and our values, they're all very highly associated around diversity. Mm -hmm. And 
collaborating with each other and understanding each mm -hmm. other, which I think we need more of as oh, yeah. you know in the world. Yeah. So I'm very happy to see how Chattanooga has grown over yeah. the past couple of years. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you used the word uh, collaborative because that mm -hmm. is that's something that struck me. Uh, I, I've talked a little bit about on on this show before is is how the community along with a lot of the small businesses in the area collaborate with one another. Uh, the analogy I always use is, is the bakery not too far down the road here, Need Loves. Mm -hmm. It seems like every restaurant you go to uses their bread, you yep. know, partly because it's just really it's good. It's really good uh, bread. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's just really good. But, um, you know, it, it that that idea of not no person or business is an island, you know, everybody's working together yeah. is really cool. And I think for the most part, from what I can tell, uh, you know, being here for almost four years now is that seems to really be a theme uh, throughout the city is that, like you said, we're not just people living our lives, going about, you know, clocking in, clocking out, going home. It, it often seems like it's a collaborative community effort, uh, regardless, you know, whatever you, you do, whether it's uh, community oriented or you, you know, you work in the professional sector, whatever it is, there seems to be a big uh, attitude of collaboration, like you said, in the city, and I think it's really attractive. Mm. I think that's attractive for natives, for people like both of us who aren't necessarily from here. Um, it's something that's really attractive, and I hope will continue to uh, allow the city to grow. Mm -hmm. Because I've said it before, like if if there's a hidden gem in in the South and in Tennessee, I kind of feel like Chattanooga is it. Not that nobody knows about it, mm -hmm. but you know, it's it's a little overshadowed by like your Atlanta and your Nashville, but. Um, Man, that's if, fine. If, if the, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but if, if if people need a place to go that is different from those three places or those two places, man, Chattanooga, it's just it's so great. And I just I always try to, you know, uh, say as many good things about it yeah, as I can because it's been so good to me, you know. To be honest, I didn't know anything about Chattanooga except my dad used to sing the Chattanooga Choo, Chattanooga Choo, Choo yeah. when I was a kid. I really had no idea about anything about the city. Um, until that that day when I looked up the tickets for Day Out with Thomas, and I was like, <laughs> it looks like Chattanooga is about an hour and a half from mm -hmm. us. I didn't know that was actually a real city. We don't yeah. want to go, and that's yeah. that's when I found out. But you know, I think that what you're saying is um, dead on. I really, uh, my motto for Chattanooga is we're better together mm -hmm. because I have never asked someone for uh, their partnership, and anyone said no, mm -hmm. to be honest. Um, and they've always been extremely fruitful partnerships. Mm -hmm. um, like this week, we did a program with a couple of companies in town, Komatsu, TVA, mm -hmm. um, and um, Transcard. Mm -hmm. We brought some of our student athletes out to those companies because student athletes don't get a chance to do internships because they're, I mean, they're, they they're, have full-time jobs. They're, between they're athletes pretty busy as it is. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, that was a, you know, internal collaboration between athletics, mm -hmm. the College of Business and the College of Engineering and Computer Science. Um, and then there was the collaboration with all three of those companies. And everyone the entire time was just positive, mm -hmm. full steam ahead. Yes, what do we need? Um, I just really appreciate everything about the people in Chattanooga mm -hmm. because they just they know how to say yes yeah yeah, yeah. and and I would 100% agree uh, mm -hmm. I, th I think the fact that you know I've, I've made the joke a couple times whenever we first started this whole operation uh, I had very mild expectations because it was it was new you know mm -hmm. and I was like I don't know who's gonna be interested in coming in but I've had so many great people like yourself uh, willing to come in and say yeah I'll, I'll sit down and, and talk with you you know yeah. and so yeah. I think that attitude really uh, goes throughout the community because People want to help others, I believe. At, you know, I'm not speaking for everybody, but it yeah. seems like at large, uh, you know, the, commu the community and those people within it really want to do what they can to uh, up uplift the community yeah. and the individuals within it, you know? Yeah, uh, and, it, and it brings yeah. it out in others, too. Yeah. Like, when you, when you can do that, 
it, it makes the other person want to say yes yeah. too. And it, 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 it is like the snowball effect. And yeah. I feel like we've done it so many times in Chattanooga that it's encompassed the entire city. Yeah. We're just a group of people who want to work together. No, I would 100% agree. Yeah, 100%. not that we don't, don't have our problems. We yeah. definitely have our problems, yeah. but I have a feeling that more than most cities we can find a solution yeah. because well, we're willing to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, the first step to solving any any problem, whether it's you know unique to yourself or a community at large, is being able to address that you know address that there is Face a problem yep. uh, and then work collaboratively together. You know, we're, yeah. we can solve things on our own, but we're much more effective and efficient when we're working with others. You know, yeah. and so I, you're completely correct. I, I believe not that we're not you know we are not perfect. Uh, there are plenty of issues that need uh, attention, but taking that first step of acknowledging an issue and then being able to work collectively is, is the first step. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I agree 100%. You were talking about how uh, you were Collab, you know, you on behalf of, uh, you know, the college and you, do you work, you work in the College of Engineering now? Is that engineering, correct? computer science, okay. yep. Mm -hmm. So, you know, on behalf of them and, and working with some of the different businesses in the area to assist some of the student athletes, because like you said, they basically work a full-time job. Uh, my, my sister actually played basketball in college and I can, I can attest yeah. uh, from watching her. It is a full-time job beyond just what your typical 40 hours. Uh, but, you know, it keeps them busy, uh, and, and part of your job, correct me if I'm wrong, is is to advocate for these students, is to kind of go up to bat job. for them. Yeah, yeah, is to go up to bat for them. Mm -hmm. um, and so, what what is that like for you? Just being able to be a voice for the students, uh, and specifically, I mean, right now, but also contrasting that to what it was like. You know, we talked about it a little before this. What it was like when during the onset of the pandemic, mm. when everything went virtual. You know, and, and nobody really knew what was going on and and what to make of that time. Mm. Uh, what, what was that like for you during that time and, and what do you make of your experience being able to kind of go up to bat for these students? I've been unpacking the pandemic experience a lot yeah. um, because I feel that we were dealing with a lot of unknowns mm -hmm. at the start. And it's really interesting because I have conversations with people now and I have to remind people, we didn't know that. Yeah. We didn't, what, the thing that you're, you're saying, oh, we should have made, made a decision yeah. based on that. Like we didn't have no idea yeah. at that time. Yeah. So it's, it was such an interesting time because we're so used to having knowledge mm -hmm. and we're so used to our phones. Mm -hmm. If we don't know something, we can just find out. Mm -hmm. And it was such a strange feeling to mm -hmm. just be in this space of like, I, I don't know what's going and nobody on. Did. Yeah. yeah, and there's no, there's nothing I can look up to, to make me more knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. um, and the thing that really stunk for my students, at that time I was still working at the College of Business and I was dealing with, you know, that it hit the Southeast um, around March. Mm -hmm. um, of 20 and or was that 19 it was 20 oh my goodness yeah. it's like yeah the whole yeah. thing is a I remember blur, we right? first we first heard the first few uh, things 19. of it about like towards the end of 2019 and yeah. then going into 2020 is when it really, right. so really it kicked was, into gear thank you so it was yeah. march 20 in uh, when it, it sort of started hitting um tennessee and we shut down in march and um so that left uh, you know a lot of my students who were may grads in this very weird place where they said so this job that I was offered, do I still have it? Mm -hmm. um, you know, this, these interviews, what do we do now? Mm -hmm. and, and remember, they didn't know what Zoom was. A lot of them didn't know what Zoom was. Mm -hmm. and, um, so there was a lot of scrambling. Mm -hmm. And so I felt for those students because there should be a payoff at the end of college. Um, you know, people don't tend to 
come to college, maybe hundreds of years ago, you would come to college just to be more educated. Mm -hmm. But in general, people come to college because they think that there's going to be a return on investment. Mm -hmm. They, you know, all this energy, all this time, all this money is invested in your own employability. And so a lot of those students were in a place where they felt a lot of their lives crumbling. Mm -hmm. And um, that was very difficult for me to see. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I have to say that the college business where I was working at the time, um, all of us were in a place where our first thought was what's happening with our students? Mm -hmm. What can we do to serve them? So at first there was a lot of scrambling in terms of teaching, mm -hmm. right? How do we make sure that we finish these classes? Mm -hmm. Because no one wants to like say, hey, we got to redo all these yeah, classes. Yeah, that's right. the last thing we wanted. Yeah. Right. So we kind of took care of that piece. Then we started working on like programming. How do we make sure that the programs that we're um, trying to wrap up kept going? Um, like I was in the middle of a mentoring program at that time. Um, but then it was really like a, a all hands on deck scramble to connect with every single student. How are you doing? Um, what's going on for you? What problems are you having? Um, because a lot of the students were not sure how to conduct themselves. And so if you uh, if you work with students enough, long enough to know, you know that some people, you know, there's there's people who freeze. Mm -hmm. And um, we didn't want people to freeze and do nothing. And that lack of action created a decision for them, you know. Um, so we reached out to just about every single student to say, what can we do to help you right now? And what's going on? And what we found was that a lot of what was happening was extremely personal. Mm -hmm. Things that we weren't used to dealing with in the past, like my parents just lost their jobs. And they're illegal immigrants. And I don't I don't know how to support them, yeah. and I don't care about school. Yeah. My parents are going to lose their house. Yeah. And so it was a matter of like, well, can I help them with their resume? Yeah. And so I was able to help. I mean, this wasn't in my, this isn't my handbook. It yeah. wasn't in my job description, yeah. but it was the bottom line is what does the student re really need right now? What mm -hmm. can I do to support them? And we were just doing all we could to, to work with individual students. And we found, you know, a lot. And over the pandemic, like we're able to look back now and see yeah. that, you know, um, attendance didn't really get uh, affected, grades didn't really get affected. But at the time, we were really wondering what's, what is going to happen yeah. to higher education. Yeah. Um, so I'm so glad it's over, but mm -hmm. it did sort of change the way that I think mm -hmm. about students because. Um, I, I really did used to think about students in terms of like, okay, th this is what I need to know about their academic record and mm -hmm. their career development ambitions, and that's all I really need to know. And that is not the case. There's yeah. such a there's a rich landscape to every single person. How they're motivated is absolutely attached to that. You have to get to know them personally. Mm -hmm. um, so that I'd say that that's how I changed the most in terms of the way that I approach students mm -hmm. is to recognize that they are whole individuals mm -hmm. and um, I need to get to know them as much as they're willing to allow me to do yeah. that. Um, so that's that's probably how I changed the most. Yeah, the, the thing that really kind of struck me, I remember, I, I don't know when it hit me, but there was a point where I realized what we were dealing with was so we, I mean, for probably who knows how long, like we'd never dealt with anything like this before. It suddenly put virtually everybody on even playing field. Yeah. Like it did not matter if you were, you know, a student, whether you were an upcoming student, whether you were, uh, you know, the professor, whether you were the, the head of the whatever, no one knew this was a problem that it did not matter who you were, we didn't really know what to do about it. And so mm -hmm. suddenly we were all dealing with the same problem all at once, right. you know? And so this, the relationships from like a student to a professor was suddenly changed because it was, in my experience, it was not, oh, 
not they were still you know uh, my superior like they were still above me and like the I wouldn't the, say the superior high, but well you okay. know but they, they were still the ones that were making the <laughs> grades. Give you a grade. <laughs> yeah, they gave me the grades, but it was no longer. I, I felt like we were all like beside each other. It was yeah, I wasn't necessarily like absolutely. metaphorically looking up to them. I was like, okay, we're we're here. How now. are we solving this yeah, together? Yeah, we're 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 in this together now, you know? Okay. And so just like you were saying, they a lot of my professors, they weren't necessarily like, oh well how are your grades? They were how are you doing? Like yeah. are you okay? Are yeah. you I'm That's glad, good. you know, I hope your schooling is still going as well as it can, but you know, how are you doing? How is your family? Are you good? Are you safe? Is there anything I can do yeah. outside of my traditional, you know, kind of uh, what's written on my job description, anything outside of that role that I can do for you. Just because, like I said, no one knew how to handle this. We, we were so blindsided by this. Yeah. It, it was just, it was an all hands on deck operation suddenly. And so that really struck struck a chord with me because, it, like, like I said, it showed me that mo many of the people I came in contact really cared for me, not just because I was a student, but because I, I was just an individual in front of them. I was an individual that they, to some degree or another, was responsible for, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and that really meant a lot to me at that time because it could have been so easy for a professor to say, well, life goes on, we gotta still get the grades done, the semester's gonna be over in a couple weeks, you know, I hope everything's okay, but make sure you get your assignments in on time, and that could have been it. Right. But a lot of them, they took it a step further and said, yes, try to do your best to get your school done, but we want to make sure that you, as a person, during this, you know, unforeseen time, mm -hmm. uh, are okay, and that you're, you're making it through this as well as you can. And that really meant a lot to me, and I'm sure it meant a lot to, you know, many of the other students during that time as well. I, yeah, and I, I, a lot of the professors, too. Yeah. I mean, from our perspective, I, it was very humbling for us. You used the word superior, and I yeah. kind of made fun of you for it, <laughs> but it really was that moment where we're just like, oh, crap, we, yeah. we have to change everything mm -hmm. about what we do, mm -hmm. and there were a lot of professors who suddenly went from expert to novice, mm -hmm. and they are not comfortable yeah. with that yeah. feeling of like, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Mostly, when you think about it, they are experts in their field. Mm -hmm. That's why they are in academics. Yeah. And then they're like, well, by the way, you have to learn like this entire software package mm -hmm. so that now you can do it from home. They're yeah. like, what? How do I do that? <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's a Zoom? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so it was very, uh, for on our end, I mean, I don't think that you might have seen it as students, but there were weeks where we were all in intensive training mm -hmm. like every single day was what's Kaltura how do we start how do we use videos in canvas how do we run a zoom session how do we record zooms how do we edit mm -hmm. I mean I never I never did anything around videography before mm -hmm. that experience well very very light maybe like three times that I ever yeah. recorded something before and it was pressing a button yeah. this is the first time I've actually ever recorded edited anything like that and mm -hmm. um, it was such a learning transformation yeah. for me so it was very interesting for you know students to become I mean the professors to become the students in lots yeah. of ways it, yeah. it was it was good for us I think to relate to you all better mm -hmm. um, and to sort of humble ourselves yeah, and, yeah. And, and that's the thing like you know looking back like we've all many of us at least have had experience with like zoom now like we can probably start a meeting and record it whatever but yeah. at the time all of this was so foreign to us you know it's like it, the uh, I, I'm notorious for my analogies. Some of them are good and some of them are bad. So forgive me if this is a bad one. But you know, it's like if there's a if there's like a storm coming in and, the, and it rains. If the if, if it's a steady rain, the drains work properly and everything goes smooth. But if it's a flash flood mm. where tons of rain comes down all at once, all at the same time, those drains can't handle it, and suddenly you've got you've got floodwaters rising. You know, mm. and that's those are really dangerous. It reminds me of that because 
I remember so distinctly, like a week before spring break, I was in public speaking, and my professor at the time, he said, you know, we've heard of this, this potential virus, we don't think it's gonna be anything, but if, in case something happens, we're prepared, we'll, you know, we'll be good. Mm. And then two or three weeks later, it was like it was. pandemonium. Yeah. It, it, everything hit the, hit the fan very quickly. And so it was just like that flash flood, you know, it was all of a sudden you had to learn how to care for your students virtually without mm. seeing them face to face, along with everything going on in your personal life. And then you had to deal with, oh, I have to also learn this software mm -hmm. and have it ready by like a week, you yeah. know, and transform all of my physical materials into online materials in like a week or two, you know? Yeah. It just all came in all at once. And so, you know, I'll say from, a two, from my perspective at least, it seemed like you all did the best you could. You know, you all had it running and, and you know, had it uh, functioning within a week or two, uh, which is, you know, for the size of a university like that and, mm -hmm. and the amount of people that you have to get on board, it, that's a bit of an impressive feat, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I know it was no it was no easy feat uh, no, to do there, that. There was a lot of what we call cognitive load because we dealing with so much new learning mm -hmm. and figuring it out. And then you have to think a lot of us were parents, mm -hmm. too. And so dealing with kids at home mm -hmm. at the same time as trying to learn um, and not knowing if you like what your next meal was going to be was weird yeah. because I was like, I, we have beans and we have spaghetti. Yeah. So we're just going to eat those in two different yeah. bowls and it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so a lot of it was us dealing with our own personal issues. But I think that that's what made it work was because we recognized all the complexity of our own lives and we just knew that it was exactly what students are going through right now too so it made us a lot more um, patient um, and a lot more understanding than i think um, professors sometimes are because they do expect certain rules to be followed you know certain behaviors to be um, demonstrated and we kind of had to throw that out the window a little bit and yeah. just give a lot of people grace mm -hmm. and i feel like at this point um you know two years later, almost, you know, like going into our third year, which yeah. is crazy to think crazy about. To think about yeah. um, I think that that still follows through. I, th I, I see a lot more um, relationships, personal relationships between students and professors um, where we do think about students as more of like one seat in our classroom. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot more understanding like, you know, this, this deadline, how how important is this yeah. deadline? Like yeah. you know, and and I I think it's interesting because that actually speaks to diversity quite a bit too. Like we think about it now because of the pandemic, but when you think about like students who um, have lots of family needs, you know, so they they help out with their families or they have families of their own, they've always had to deal with multiple priorities mm -hmm. in their lives. But professors never, uh, you know, in the past may never have given them a second thought. Well, you're just going to have to adapt yeah, yeah. to what I need. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we are going, getting to a place where we need to adapt to our students' mm -hmm. needs. Um, so you asked earlier about like what, um, how the changing demographics of Chattanooga are, you know, may affect our university. Mm -hmm. And I think it's only going to be wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, we're definitely going to have to make adjustments. Um, but I think that that's part of higher education. Yeah. And if we ha were not able to do that, we wouldn't have been, like we've been around for thousands of years, mm -hmm. right? You know, UTC has been uh, around for, you know, since Seemingly 1800s, thousands of years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know, so, yeah. uh, but you know, higher education as an industry has been around for thousands of years. And so it's like, you, we do need to be able to adjust and, um, and work with our students and understand their needs. And frankly, students are not just our 
students, they're also our clients. Mm -hmm. We need to give them the, need, the things that they need to feel capable after they're done with college. Um, when I was the career development manager over at the College of Business, I always used to tell students, you know, Everyone else here is worried about your school. I'm worried about the Monday after you graduate. Mm -hmm. I want you to wake up to a job that you're happy mm -hmm. with. Um, and it's, it's so nice to see you all as former students, mm -hmm. you know, really, you know, living that. Yeah. And you are in jobs that bring purpose. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I just hate for people that some people do wake up and they are, you know, I just have to get through the day. Mm -hmm. We only live one life and I just want people to find something that gives them pleasure mm -hmm. and gives them a purpose and where they can serve other people mm -hmm. somehow through their role. Um, and so it, it's that I think that that's what we're coming up against yeah. in higher education is yeah. how do how do we meet the needs of other people? And um, you know, I hope that we'll always have a place in society in terms of helping us progress yeah. as a society, you know, moving forward is a huge part of what higher education should stand for. Yeah. Um, so it's not just about getting y'all great jobs, yeah. but you know, we at our bigger noble purpose yeah. is, you know, really helping society as a whole. Yeah. And, and I think that's really not, again, every institution has its flaws, but I think that's really to me what makes UTC stand out is we have people like yourself that, you know, you've got the professors, they teach, you've got, you know, people that try to make connections and get good jobs, but then you have individuals like yourself that you said your job was to make sure you were set the Monday after graduation. Yeah. The the kind of uh, things you don't really think about as much. You know, when you're when you're in school, you think about your grades and your, you know, your relationships with those in, in class and your professor, but at some point those things are going to end, maybe, you know, maybe on good terms, maybe on bad terms, right. uh, but at some point those are going to end and <laughs> So, having people like yourself that is that say, okay, what what outside of outside of that bubble right there, how can we help? Uh, is incredibly helpful because you know, yeah. I, if I did not have someone to guide me outside of the classroom whenever I was a freshman or a sophomore at UTC, yeah, <laughs> I don't know and what would have happened. And you the know? thing is I, that that know. that kind of support needs to and. This goes back to us being a collaborative community. Mm -hmm. That kind of support cannot come just from the university. Mm -hmm. Like mentorship programs that we sponsor, I mean, we, we develop the structure for it, but there are people in the business community who will actually serve as mentors mm -hmm. because students need to see um, their career fields of interest in action mm -hmm. to really know if that is something where their heart really draws them. Um, and we can't do that without the collaboration with the business community. Yeah. So yeah, it's, I mean, it really does take a village. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Um, and you know, talking about how a little bit of, of your job, especially in, in this, it still is, uh, you know, whenever you were at the College of Business and now at the College of Engineering was really stepping up to the plate for uh, students in, in various ways. The thing that I always hear, or I always heard, I guess, uh, you know, in school was about the importance of relationships and, and the people that you know. And it's not just about what you know in the classroom, while that is a big, big portion of any field and any major, uh, but it's also about the people that you know and the relationships that you've cultivated. I'm sure you probably see a lot of that, or, or at least you did, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, just, if you don't mind, just talk a little bit about the importance of that, because I think a lot, you know, whenever I came into college, I, I always heard like, oh yeah, it's important to have these big relationships, but mm -hmm. where do you start? You know, mm -hmm. it, it can be hard to know like, where do I even start? I'm walking in for many people and myself included, I was walking onto university where mm -hmm. I knew one person, right. uh, or well, 
two. I knew two people uh, at the time, um, and that was it. Yeah. And they were, I was virtually on my own, you know, and I was like, okay, I need to meet and greet new people and cultivate relationships, and I've got probably four years to do it, but where do I even start? You know, yeah. there's, there's so many well, different people. Like, where do I even go? You yeah, know? I mean, well, I don't know if this is, I, I, I can't speak officially for the college yeah. <laughs> or the university, but yeah. I would say that first year, just make friendships. Mm-hmm. Like, don't don't worry too much about what's happening outside of just your peers. Like, mm-hmm. just find your friends, find your people um, that are going to direct you to the, um, I'll say this this way, find the people who will put you on the path to goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, there are definitely going to be people who are attractive for the bad reasons mm-hmm. and you want to stay away from them. Yeah. Um, but I would, I mean, like your first year, I think that that's really the focus is mm-hmm. just go find your people, you know, start to feel your freedom. Mm-hmm. Because for most people, that's the first time that they don't have someone telling them, brush your teeth, mm-hmm. you know, don't yeah. forget to change your underwear, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, so, so just feeling freedom, developing peer relationships yeah. is really important. Um, but then sophomore year is where I start to see um, students really starting to think about well what else what else is there you know I I got my friends and like I know what I'm doing on Thursday night mm-hmm. that's great but what what's my why am I here on earth mm-hmm. and I love sophomores specifically because they do have those really big questions mm-hmm. by the time that people are juniors and seniors they're like okay but wait what job am I getting and yeah. they start to get myopic again but yeah. but sophomores ask those really big eternal questions I really love them um, but I th- around sophomore years where I start to suggest to people that they get involved with like mentoring programs mm-hmm. um, or just go find a mentor on your own but essentially a mentor is anyone again that keeps you on that path to goodness, um, who you can talk to, who has good uh, advice to give. And I like mentoring programs where we do connect people with um, professionals in their field of study because around sophomore year is when you still have time to change without losing money, losing time, losing a lot of effort. Um, and so I like to give students that opportunity early. Um, so our, you know, a lot of our mentoring programs at the university are geared to sophomores and, and older, but um, but it's not like you have to do it through a structured program. Mm-hmm. Just go find a, an adult that you trust <clears throat> and say, who do you think I can talk to? Mm-hmm. Um, and then start running what I call informational meetings and just having those like, hey, uh, I'm, I'm kind of interested in marketing mm-hmm. and um, I know that you're in marketing and my professor says that you're a cool person, mm-hmm. can I take you out to coffee? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's very scary. I think for some people to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's my biggest advice for people is stop being scared. The, the worst thing that someone will say is no. And I have never, ever seen someone in Chattanooga say no to a student. Mm-hmm. When it gets weird is when someone's my age and I say, hey, I'm interested in some coffee. They're like, is she asking me out on a date? Yeah. <laughs> um, is she trying to get a job? Is she trying to get my job? Yeah. You know, that's when things get weird. When yeah. you're a student, every single person wants to talk to you mm-hmm. because, you know, you're. You're young. You're coming up. You, yeah. you know, they're in the golden years. Yeah, yeah. they they want to influence you. They want to share their yeah. knowledge. So it's not weird. It only feels weird to yeah. students. Yeah. And then in their junior and senior year, you know, that's when <clears throat> you really start taking um, a lot of advantage of like career services events. Like we we do industry tours. We take students to different um, places in town and um, show them around. Um, and then we do like informational sessions. They'll come to campus, buy us pizza, and they'll just talk to students. Like a lot of students, I think, think of that as like, I'm, you know, I'm too busy. I've got a lot of stuff to do. 
And I get it because there is a lot of stuff to do. Mm -hmm. There used to be a time when most people who went to college didn't have jobs, and that's not true anymore. Mm -hmm. Most people who are in college have jobs. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, there's pressing priorities. You've got family. You've got, I mean, sometimes, you know, it's just rough. Mm -hmm. But find, I'd say find the time to start building your network. Mm -hmm. the, the thing that kills me is when I see a great student who's like in their you know, approaching their last semesters and they haven't built a, a personal network, a professional network, and they're losing opportunities. Because when you apply online to a job, you're talking, to, I mean, you're one of 300 blank, you know. Pieces of paper. Pieces of paper, yeah, exactly. Um, but if you know somebody who knows somebody, that referral is um, exponentially more likely to get you an interview. Um, so if you're in college and you're, and I'm assuming like most people, you're in there for a job at the end of it, that career development work is actually um, incredibly important mm -hmm. if that's your goal is to find a job that you love mm -hmm. after you're done with school. Yeah. Um, and it's important to try things early. Like it's interesting, internships are, um, I think, like the world's most perfect opportunity to test drive a job, mm -hmm. you know? And um, you, you're there for anywhere for two to six months. And at the end of it, there's like a cutoff date so that you can just be like, yeah, that sucked. And yeah. I never want to do that again. <laughs> but, but that, I mean, you, you tried it. It was perfect. It was done. But what, I, what hurts me is when I see students try something after graduation mm -hmm. i'm like if you if, if you yeah. quit in three months that's yeah. going to look awful yeah. Yeah. so it's way better to test drive in internships than yeah. it is to to test drive after you've yeah. graduated yeah. so and two i mean just strictly talking about you know internships and jobs during school i think and you can correct me if I'm wrong but i think a lot of times that if you have multiple internships, assuming you left on good terms, you weren't like fired as an intern, uh, I think that can show a lot about the person because you know, going to school is hard enough as it is for most people. But if you can juggle that along Balancing. with relationships and a job yeah. or an internship and you tried in different fields, that person to me is showing that they can handle a lot, they can multitask, they can they are widely versed in a lot of different fields and they're mm -hmm. capable of maintaining a standard of hopefully excellence, but some standard that it, that is uh, proficient and adequate in whatever life those of them, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and that's that great experience that it's it can be difficult at times to get uh, that internship, you know? But I think if you put yourself out there and you're willing to challenge yourself like that, you can find yourself in really great opportunities like you were talking well, about. Well, I mean, what's interesting is that one of the misconceptions is that it's hard to get an internship. Mm -hmm. It's not. I mean, that that's the thing is that I think we have more internships than we have students looking. And so that's, that's the thing that I, I'm just like, please, Please, yeah. I mean, there's no reason for you not to apply. Yeah. So I think a lot of things is students not understanding an internship. Mm -hmm. Like they think, well, no, I have to get paid. Mm -hmm. Internships are paid. Mm -hmm. And if they aren't paid, then don't take that internship. Yeah. I really heartily believe that no one should be working for free, mm -hmm. even if it's perfectly legal to do so. Mm -hmm. Don't, just don't, don't work for free. You are not, and you most are of worth them are money. Paid. Yeah. Uh, every, every single one that we advertise yeah. in the College of Engineering Computer Science mm -hmm. is paid mm -hmm. because it doesn't make any sense for our students not to be paid. Yeah. Um, so they, and they're paid really well. Mm -hmm. And so I, 
sometimes I just don't think students understand that. I also, th like, uh, internships are specifically built as internships because they work around your college schedule. Mm -hmm. So they think, well, you know, with classes, I don't really, mm -hmm. they, that's why they're hiring an intern. Yeah. They, they want you to go to class, yeah. you know? Um, and then, like, oh, I, I don't know if I um, have all the skills for it. I'm like, again, why it's called an internship? Yeah. They're there to teach you. That's part of an internship. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of students are um, not as confident um, in them, not, uh, not as confident in themselves as they should be. Um, and I think that anyone who has even 50% of what is necessary on a job description and it interests you, go for it. You're ne you'd never know if they're going to say yes or no. And I would especially say that for um, special populations like females, especially in engineering and computer science and racial minorities, like we need to diversify our workforce and they are looking for diverse candidates. So, you know, go out, try it. The worst that's going to happen is that you got some good interviewing experience and you're more ready for the next one. Mm -hmm. So apply, apply, apply it and you will, you will get an internship. Something that I learned during my first year, year and a half at UTC is, so I actually, I've said this before on here, but I actually started out as an engineering major. Mm -hmm. I was a, I was a computer engineering major and surprise, surprise, didn't end up working in computer engineering. Uh, but I learned very quickly that that was just not the field for me. It was it. I was not good at calculus. I was not good at physics, mm -hmm. and I'm sure you're aware that's very heavily emphasized in engineering. Very math heavy, yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't really what I was good at, and so I remember at the time, you know, in in high school and, and elementary school leading up, like I was always a pretty good student. I made good grades and. I didn't have too much trouble going through that. And so it was a big shock for me at the time to suddenly be not very good at something. Yeah. Like at my academics, I was, I was totally a fish out of water. Uh, and, and I remember at the time thinking, I don't, can I do this? Like if this is the first semester of college, I don't know what I'm gonna do for the next five, six, seven ones down the road. But for me, I learned that getting through that first year, those first two, maybe three semesters, I was able to look back and say, okay, I got through that first year, I was dealing with a lot, you know, you're meeting new people, you're trying out new clubs and organizations and you're thrown into these new classes with these professors and they're really smart and all these new stimulus just being thrown at yeah. you. But getting through that first year was so important for me because once I got through it, I could look back and say, okay, I can do this. Like yeah. I, I did it for a year, I, I did two semesters worth What's another two semesters? What's another three or four after that, you know? Um, and that was so important to me because I could be totally wrong on the numbers, but a lot of the people that I knew growing up, especially in high school, the ones that, and there's always different reasons, but a lot of the ones that stopped going to school, it seemed to me it happened in that first year because yeah. there's so much new stuff being thrown at you, it can be incredibly overwhelming, Absolutely. you know? Uh, and that feeling of being overwhelmed is what causes us to tuck our tail and want to run, you know? Right. Uh, and that's always been one of my biggest pieces of advice to anybody that's that was below me or, or going to school is be willing to just put your head down and get through that first year. Because yeah. it's going to be tough, it most likely, most stories I hear is that freshman year is always really fun, but it's also very tough. It is very it's, tough. It's usually not just a, a you know ride through the daisies, uh, getting to the next next yeah. year. It's it's always tough because there's just so much new stuff thrown at you. You know. Yeah. Uh, I think that's incredibly important to be able to get through that first year and then assess where you've come from. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think that's why it's so important for people to use support. Um, and mm -hmm. I, it's really hard because you want to be self-sufficient and you want to be able to say, I did this on my own and you know, feel like you're, you've grown up. Mm -hmm. But ch 
chances are you're you're in a much more rigorous academic program coming into college than you were in high school. It is such a transition, and I think a lot of people don't reach out to people, and so they just they do give up. And I, I feel like that's the, one of my biggest um, the things that I teach both of my children is like when you need help, ask for it. There is absolutely nothing wrong with, and absolutely everything right with asking for help yeah. when you need it, um, and. That I think students who are able to just say, I don't understand this, mm -hmm. and have the confidence in themselves to know that it's okay to not know everything, mm -hmm. um, but know that you're always in a state of learning. And um, it's just, I think, really hard for really smart people to say, I don't understand. Yeah. And so it's easier for them to just bury their head in the sand and just be like, I'm just, I think I'm just gonna fail out mm -hmm. and not admit the fact. Yeah. Um, and we would so much rather someone reach out to a professor and say, I, I listened to you, mm -hmm. but what went in this ear went directly yeah. out and <laughs> nothing stuck. Yeah. Um, and the thing is that I have found every professor who is approached by a student who just simply says, I, I don't understand, Could, can we find time to meet and, and talk through this? I've never seen a professor say no. It's only the students who come like the last week of class and they're like, I haven't understood anything for the entire <laughs> semester that my the can professor- you catch me up? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, there's some cliff notes. Yeah. Um, that, that you know that that's what's really frustrating to professors. But throughout the semester, um, I, I do find that professors are very very willing to work mm -hmm. with students. And then there's academic advisors like the ones that work in my team who are very helpful um, to like understand how to study for exams. Mm -hmm. That's something that's new for students too. A lot of times, like they just kind of knew enough. So in high school, they exactly. didn't really have to study yeah. per se. They yeah. just had to go to class. Yeah. Um, and then now it's just like, okay, wait, I have to take notes now. And yeah. then I have to um, study and create like test prep materials. And all of that can be really new to people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know that was really new for me because you were just talking about how it's, there's never a bad time to ask for help. I remember distinctly, it was either my second or third semester, I had, I had you know, changed to, I was an accounting major for a little bit and I switched to finance. Uh, and I remember being in class at one point and something, whatever we were talking about just wasn't clicking. And I remember looking to the guy next to me, I was like, should I ask, should I ask him for help? Like, I, I don't, I've never really asked anybody next to me for help before because usually it's just kind of made sense and I've just gone about my day. And I, I, at the time I was like, I remember thinking like, I'm probably the only one that's thinking this. You know, like I was the only person that didn't understand this. Everybody else seems to be making sense of it. But then I remember asking him and he was like, yeah, I don't know what's going on either. I was like, oh, uh, okay, yeah. I'm not alone here. Sometimes even that just that yeah. reassurance is nice. Yeah, so I was like, oh, but okay. That's, but that's like the seed yeah. of a study group. Yeah. You know, like that. that's what's like, I, I, I worry for people now because I have been noticing that people are not as good at just talking to people mm -hmm. nowadays. Like it used to be that when you went into a classroom, there was a murmur and conversations mm -hmm. before classes started. And yeah. in, since phones, <laughs> like yeah. that has sort of changed. Yeah. Like people are more into their like Reddit or Instagram or whatever mm -hmm. they're doing before class starts instead of like talking to mm -hmm. each other. And honestly, those collisions are some of the best ways that you can innovate, mm -hmm. that you can learn, that you can build friendships. Yeah. And those little, those little moments, instead of like, don't look at your phone when there are humans around you. Yeah. Just put it down, say, hey, how, how are you doing? How's yeah. this class treating you? Yeah. That is how you meet people. That's how you network. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think that's, uh, it does, it's not a huge monumental thing. It's just that subtle art of having a conversation with a random stranger yeah. and then they're not a stranger after yeah. five minutes. They know, you know your name and then they're your classmate for the rest of the semester, yeah. you know. Yeah, and the beauty of it is, is it, it can be intimidating, at least it in is. my experience, like it can be intimidating to 
take that first step and just say, hey, what's your name? Or like, hey, what are you, because you don't know what they're doing. They could be busy with something. They may not want to talk. You just, you don't know. Yeah. Uh, but oftentimes I found that one, people are very receptive. People, most people are going to respond to you and say, yeah, my name is this and I'm doing well. Yeah. Uh, but oft, oftentimes, like you were saying, that can lead to the best resources for the both of you, yeah. uh, you know, because you can build friendships, you can build study groups, you can learn that, oh, maybe they're struggling with this thing that I can help them with, or they can help me with this thing that I'm struggling with. Uh, or maybe they're just having a bad day yeah. and your hello was the thing that was like, yes. well, at least there's one good human yeah. today yeah. that I interacted with. Yeah, you know? it, it can do so much. Yeah. And, and again, I get it can be very intimidating for whatever reason to take that first step. The thing that I've always found is if you're able to take that first step, the second, third, fourth, yes. fifth, sixth, seventh steps after that are so much easier because yeah. you've broken that that barrier. You, you've kind of. You, you know, you've, you've broken the ice, as, as I always say, like you've made it less awkward. You, mm -hmm. you've, certain, you've, broke, you've gotten rid of the awkwardness all of a sudden, and it's so much easier. And the, the more often you just take a chance to start conversations, the easier it is to start any mm -hmm. first conversation. I was talking to a guy just walking here today, mm -hmm. and like, you know, it, we were just happened to be walking in the same direction, and I was like, let's do that together yeah. and have a conversation. <laughs> yeah. um, so it was, I mean, and he's a small business owner. He was a really interesting guy and I just never would have met him if I mm -hmm. wasn't walking here today. Yeah. So, and, and that's how you build community. That's how you also build confidence, mm -hmm. you know? So it, you need to be able to, you're, you have to be able to communicate and relate to other people. Yeah. And that's, that is one of my concerns for society right yeah. now is we are getting more and more isolated and, yeah. and virtual and I, that, that scares me. Um, but, but, but what I'm finding is interesting is it's not so much about um, an outcome from like the COVID pandemic. It's more, I think, of just general isolation yeah. in our societies. People are just becoming less and less prone to having spontaneous conversations yeah. or having even you know dinner with friends yeah. or so yeah I, I mean I just I just want my students to be a little bit more social mm -hmm. um, so that they can have a better life we can't have fun without other people mm -hmm. and other real people so yeah. and, and there really is a big benefit to that like having fun especially like in yes. college like not that you should just be never studying you or should anything always have I mean I know okay I, I guess like <laughs> part of your life should always include yes, fun exactly. is the way of put as the best way of because it. to me it, it makes it makes the other sides of life that much more rewarding you know yes. when you've been studying for three or four hours that 30 minute break right after where you can just go and like get some food or you know just take it just stop doing whatever you're doing for and just take a break it's so much more rewarding and and the same thing after you know if you've just been hanging out with your friends for a couple of hours you say yeah. okay I gotta get this paper Need done to I gotta work on this you're you're usually in my experience you know you're you're there you're present mm -hmm. you're ready to take you know tackle whatever's in front of you and that balance of, of that you know having fun and just living life but also being diligent yeah. with your work is incredibly important this is advice for students but this is advice for all humans because I, I also have known a lot of adults in my life where i'm just like do you do anything that's pleasurable yeah. like <laughs> and, and the thing is that's interesting to me is that a lot of them are like extremely well-to-do wealthy people and they're miserable like i've gone to their house and there's no joy in their house so their relationships with their children are non-existent i'm like how how's that how's the million dollar job going yeah. for you buddy <laughs> you know it, it's not about riches and it's not about what you have it's really like what you do what do, what do you do with your life and it really should be enjoyable yeah yeah, yeah. no i 100 percent agree and you know the thing that that i continually and understanding about my own life and then definitely have seen now that I you know have gone through college and ex have exited it is that 
there is always more uh, beyond what you're doing right now. There's, yeah. al there's always going to, or, you know, we, we think there's going to be time ahead of us yeah. and understanding, having the proper perspective on life, yeah. not getting too caught up in what we're doing right now, being able to kind of detach ourselves a little bit from right. what we're experiencing right here in this moment and being able to adequately assess things. Because like we were saying, you may be that freshman in college. You may be overwhelmed with all this new stimulus. You may be the senior where you're trying to figure out where am I going to work? Am I going to have a job? What's going on? You may be the student in the middle of the COVID pandemic where there's you know, everything's virtually gone. You know everything's virtual, and you can be very overwhelmed at times. But being able to step back and adequately assess your life and say, okay, maybe these things aren't going great, but I've also got this going for me. You know, in the end, I think if we can take that proper perspective, we can see that. You know, using a, a bit of a finance term here, you, your life will be in a net positive. You know, you'll have a lot more things to be grateful for and thankful for uh, than you do things to complain about. You know, yeah. I, I think. Generally. And I, I think that that's like a, that's also a habit is being able to recognize what mm -hmm. you're grateful for. I don't, I don't know how many people really do take stock of that, and there's always something yeah. to be grateful for. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the more that you recognize um, all the wonderful things in the light in, in your life you that's it sort of builds from there you it, it just becomes a mm -hmm. um, something that grows mm -hmm. as a result of just being more appreciative in yeah. general yeah no I 100 yeah. percent agree um, before we begin wrapping up here uh, you've got uh, some things to do so I want to make sure we get you out of here in, in the proper uh, time I just want to say first and foremost thank you so much for coming thank on you. it's been a pleasure talking to you I know that's uh, this is our first time formally meeting, but mm -hmm. like I said, I've heard a lot of good things about you over the years, and I, I really was excited to talk to you today. Before we go, I always want to give the guests just a chance to address you know, the people. If you want to give a shout out to somebody, if you've mm -hmm. got anything that you're working on that you want to talk about, uh, I want to give you the floor to oh. uh, say whatever you want to say. So yeah, the floor is yours. Okay, let's see. I've got um, a couple of things that I'm working on right now, which are pretty fun. So we're starting a women's mentoring program for the College of Engineering and Computer Science. Um, and so far, I think we've got 13 um, young women who are looking for professional mentors in the Chattanooga community. Um, started reaching out to some friends and, um, you know, would open up my network uh, through this podcast if anyone wants to reach out to me. Um, and the other thing I'm working on is a our first STEM uh, camp for little kids, which oh, I'm nice. super excited yeah. about. Um, first graders through sixth graders. It's through the Challenger Center at UTC, mm -hmm. and it's um, a cooking camp. So essentially, we're trying to teach elements of engineering um, through cooking experiences. Mm -hmm. um, I'm super excited about it. Both my kids will be there, so you'll get to meet them. Um, I think that's the, the major things that I'm that are on top of mind in terms of things that are happening right now. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess my shout out is to uh, Isaac and Vera and Ray. They're my uh, family here in Chattanooga, and all the people at um, the College of Business and the College of Engineering and Computer Science who have made my life at UTC so enjoyable. Yeah. Well, Irene, again, thank you so much. Thank uh, you. We will put all the. You're, I know you're on LinkedIn. Or you, do you have any other social accounts or anything that you anybody no, can follow you on I or anything? No, I hate social media. I don't blame you. But LinkedIn, blame you. but LinkedIn is like my favorite. That's my jam. So awesome. yes, please. We'll, we'll make sure to put your LinkedIn uh, you. a link to your LinkedIn accounts in the description of this episode, as well as if you want to check out what UTC has got going on, uh, as, as well specifically the College of Engineering. Uh, you know, you can head down to the description and click any of those links and, and see what Irene as well as UTC has got going on on. Uh, 
But aside from that, again, thank you for coming in. It's been a Thanks pleasure speaking with me. you today. Uh, and I really think everybody's going to enjoy our conversation. So thank you all for listening. Uh, if you listen or watch, just thank you so much for being a part of today's episode. And we will catch you on the next episode of The Third Seat. Thank you so much.